If you want to get into Frederick Nietzsche's philosophy or any philosopher for that matter, uh, it can be a complex thing. And this one study tip I'm going to share with you this week, I think it's going to change the way you uh, sort of engage with these authors and these thinkers in a very profound way. I think you're really going to enjoy studying philosophy after this episode. Let's get into it. Welcome to this week's episode of the Read Well podcast. My name is Eddie Hood, and I'm your host, where I believe it's more important to read well than to be well-read. So grab your favorite book, open up your notes, and let's get ready to learn something fascinating. I am doing my best not to lose my voice, but I feel like I have, uh, I'm, I'm failing. <laughs> uh, I'm recording uh, these episodes sort of in batch for two reasons. One, uh, I'm going to Paris with my wife uh, in a few days, and we're going to be gone for 10 days. So I needed enough of these podcast episodes recorded so that uh, we would be consistent because the show comes out every Tuesday at 2 o'clock, Tuesday at 2 on all your podcast directories and on YouTube. And also because I had surgery uh, uh, on Sunday or just a week ago, and uh, my appendix decided to try and explode, which was fun. And so now my body is just sort of in chaos. So I apologize for my voice today, but I'm here with you. Uh, the reading must go on no matter how I feel. And this is really important to me. I hope you really enjoy today's episode because I am just so pumped about this. So let's let's jump right in and see if we can get you some value as you study Frederick Nietzsche or any philosopher. But I will say, I think Frederick's uh, uh, Nietzsche, I won't call him Nietzsche, his work uh, uh, lends itself to this study tip probably better than most uh, philosophers because of how he structured his essays. So as I was reading on the uh, the genealogy of morals, I was going through and I came across this really great passage that I wanted to share with you because it's changed the way I study philosophy. I'm going to read this passage quickly, then we'll break it apart, and then we're going to get into the study tip, okay? So this is coming straight from Nietzsche, and he's recognizing, hey, like, I get my stuff's not easy to understand, and I get that there is a challenge here. But that that's really the call of the wild that we care about at the Readwell community, right? We're not here to read fast. We're not here to, like, read a million books a year. We're here to read something well. You know, like the intro says, I believe it's more important to read well than to be well-read. In other words, to read one passage and understand it than to say, I read 200 books this year. Look how awesome I am. Pat, pat. I'd pat myself on the back if I could reach my back, but I can't reach my back. So there you go. <clears throat> All right. So this is in Nietzsche's preface to uh, the genealogy of morals. Now, understand this. Nietzsche had a very unique style of writing uh, philosophy. He used something called aphorisms, which are these really short, uh, maybe pithy is the right word to use, uh, statement, uh, pithy meaning that it's, um, it's, it's, it's short and to the point and concise, but it contains sort of like this element of truth, right? An example that you might hear about what an aphorism is, is um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's an aphorism. Uh, it's very short. You can remember it. And somewhere in that phrase, there is a uh, an element of truth that makes you go, huh. And you can think about it and go deeper and deeper and deeper. So Nietzsche loved aphorisms because he could combine a lot of knowledge into a very sort of succinct sentence or phrase. So listen to what he says about his own writing. And this will help you uh, learn how to read him. Uh, and it will lend itself to our study technique here in a minute. <clears throat> I apologize. If I have to clear my voice... Uh, I'm, I'm doing my best here. 
Okay, an aphorism properly stamped and molded has not been deciphered when it has simply been read. In other words, hey, I'm working really hard on these aphorisms. They mean a lot, and there's some, some complexity to them. You have not understood them if all you do is read them. If you just read the words and move on, you've completely missed the golden treasure in the aphorism. He says, uh, rather, one has to begin its exegesis. Now, I had to look this word up. What the heck does exegesis mean? What a great word, though, and it affects the way we're going to study going forward. Exegesis means to break up, um, to, to, to write or to speak about something in a way that you, you critically analyze it. So when you read something like Nietzsche's aphorisms, you should then take a moment to speak about it or to write about it critically, to think about it critically and go through it uh, sort of line by line. So you have to go through a process of exegesis, right? He says, for which this is required, uh, there's, oh, I'm sorry, backing up, for which is required an art of exegesis. I have offered in the third essay, uh, actually, I'm not going to read this part, okay? It goes on and it's not, not really necessary. But he does say at the bottom here, uh, to be sure, one thing is necessary above all if one is to practice reading as an art in this way, something that has been unlearned most thoroughly nowadays. In other words, he's saying, I need you to practice a little habit here when you read my work. And it's the kind of habit that most people have forgotten how to do. Uh, and Jesus was back in the mid 1800s. I can't, I can't imagine how he would feel about readers today in 2023. He goes on to say, therefore it will be some time before my writings are readable, right? Something for which one has almost to be a cow in any case and not a modern man, quote unquote. And he requires rumination, so there's the word that Nietzsche is saying. He's saying um, you need to ruminate on his writings. It's not enough to read it quickly and move on to the next thing. So we are going to, we are going to learn how to do this today. And my 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 thumbnail or my picture for this thing is 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 not really a joke. I mean, I it says on there that it's a five dollar and nine cent secret on learning how to understand uh, Nietzsche. Five dollars and nine cents is the is the cost I spent on a packet of um, three by five cards on Amazon. And these cards are going to be step one of actually going through and employing this process of exegesis. Okay. So, uh, I will, I will, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll kind of get a sense as I'm holding up books and notepad note cards and stuff, but, uh, everything begins on a note card. If you really want to understand what's happening in Nietzsche's, uh, phrasing. All right. So again, remember the exegesis is is this idea that you are going to either speak about or write about something critically to, to, uh, to, to sort of break it down into its own context or thought. Now, <clears throat> here's why this works for Nietzsche so well. Okay, the rules of the game are that you, you get to write one card, one three-by-five card per section of Nietzsche's essays. Now, not all of his writing is like this. For example, uh, The Spoke Zarathustra is a uh, a, a, a fictional novel, his only fictional novel that, that Nietzsche wrote. So it is not broken up like most of his essays are. But if you are reading his essay work, this works particularly well. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, <clears throat> he'll, he'll take his books and he'll break them up into essays. And each essay is further broken up into sections. And what I love is that the sections usually are not super long. I mean, they're a page or two or three pages at most. And what he's done really well that I love about his, his writing is that each section of the essay is usually a contained idea, uh, an idea that relates to his 
overall arching message of the essay itself. So what we're going to do is we're going to take one three by five card and we're going to perform exegesis on that section of the essay. Okay. So at the very top, let me grab uh, my, my first one here. Um, well, this isn't my first one, but at the very top, if you can see this on YouTube, I'm just writing E1.7. E1 means essay one. 0.7 means section seven. So this card right here you're looking at is my exegesis of essay one, section seven. <clears throat> there will be another card for E1.8, essay one, section eight, and so on. Now, your job as you read through Nietzsche is to slow down. <laughs> it's to slow down because his, his, his work is challenging, like all good philosophical work is. In fact, he points out that there are... Uh, in the beginning of this, uh, the genealogy of morals, he points out that there are different ways to come about knowing something. And he he mentions that often his work is come it comes to fruition through a process called a priori priori knowledge. A priori knowledge means that you gain knowledge of something through theoretical thinking, through logical thinking, not by seeing it happen and not by experiencing it. So often uh, philosophy is is understood a priori. Math is uh, something that is usually understood a priori. You, you think about these sort of ideas and they start to make sense. You don't necessarily need to see two blocks and two blocks makes four blocks. You can, you can sort of think through that, right? A posteriori knowledge is different. That's the kind of knowledge that you gain by seeing something happen or by doing it, right? But Nietzsche's work is very much up in the head. It's very much a priori. And so you have to sort of sit back and do a lot of thinking, a lot of wrestling. So as you go through each section, you're going to pull out a three by five card. You're going to write uh, E for essay, then the number of the essay, essay one, because in each of his books, he's got first essay, third essay, uh, fourth essay, and so on. I skipped second essay. I don't know why. I have nothing against second essays. <laughs> uh, but you will you will identify the essay and then add a period, and then put the uh, section number. Okay, I think I've made my point clear here. Let me get a drink so I no longer sound like a frog. <clears throat> well, I still sound like a frog. Sorry. All right. Now, here's how this works. As you open up his work, uh, it's going to be somewhat challenging. Some of the sections are easier to understand than others. But your job is to slow down. Your job is simply to slow down. And, and, and you're going to read through the entire section. Again, they're very short. So if I hold up this book here, here's a section. You can see that it's like half of a page, right? Uh, here's another section, which is half of a page. They're not usually long, but your job is to read that section once, just read it through like you would the newspaper or uh, Harry Potter or anything else that doesn't require lots of like mental capacity. Then you're going to give it a second to like settle in and you're going to ask the general question, what the heck did I just read? What is the overall arching point of this, <laughs> this section? Okay. Once you get that sort of in your head and you think you know what he's uh, sort of leaning towards, you're going to go back. <clears throat> you're going to grab your little three by five card and you're going to start reading slowly. Now, as you read slowly, you're going to go word by word. Okay, and your job is to make sure you understand the meaning of each word because uh, Nietzsche likes to use dual meanings. He likes to take words that often have multiple meanings, and he likes to play with those words. And so, it's critical that you look at each word and say, "What does that word mean?" And if you don't know what it means, you need to have—I don't have mine with me at the moment, 
but you need to have a dictionary with you or your phone. I prefer a dictionary because phones are distracting, but you need to look up every word you don't understand. And you especially need to look up the words you think you understand, but you're not quite sure. I had to do this a lot uh, with, or I do this constantly with him because he's such an intelligent man or he was that he uses vocabulary that's, that's often far above my own. But there are words that I've heard before that I've come across. And so my brain thinks, yeah, I know that one. Let's just keep chugging on. And I have to hit pause and say, actually, I need to read the definition of this because I need the exact meaning here so that I know why Nietzsche chose this word. Because he was a, I would almost call him a poet of philosophy because he he chose his words very specifically, very uh, for, for a purpose, okay? He wasn't really sort of um, carte blanche with with whatever he was saying, he would, he would write and he would think, is this the correct word here? Does this word convey the meaning I need it to convey? So it's critical that you look up these words if you want to understand his work, right? Now, this is the fun part. This is where you actually get smarter. Every time you come across a word you have to look up, that word also gets its own vocabulary or its own three by five card. And you're just going to write vocab at the top. And then in the middle of the card, you're going to write the word itself and its definition. And you're just going to let these pile up. So as you go through the essay, you're going to end up with one card per section. And then you're going to get one card per vocabulary word that you 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 have sort of a need to explore. Okay. And as you walk yourself through this process, several things are going to happen. You are going to um, start to 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 understand what the section is saying, okay? Now, at the end of the section, the most critical part, the exegesis part, is to uh, restate what that section said, of course, in your own words. To turn around and not copy it word for word. Don't look, don't, <laughs> don't go to chat GPT and say, what did this section mean? Try your best to read the words, to look up the words you don't understand, and then to write on your card what you think that section means. Now, as you do that, uh, the act, the very act of putting words on paper is somewhat of a commitment, right? And your brain goes, whoa, uh, before we're going to put these words on paper, we, we kind of need to make sure they're right. And so you have this moment of crisis where as a writer, you, you get more intelligent because you are forced to crystallize your thoughts. You see, I, I believe the, the most intelligent people in the world have first written their ideas down because it's the process of writing ideas down that things get crystal clear and they gain their power and their momentum for people that are never willing to write their ideas down. They're, they're usually very distracted. They're usually very sort of all over the place. I mean, if you look at Leonardo da Vinci, the guy had thousands of notebooks or pages where he wrote everything down. Every thought worth having went on paper and he explored it. And that's why he was the Renaissance man, because he, uh, he explored everything from how, pig's lungs inflated to, uh, you know, what it would feel like to crash in water to all of the stuff, right? It went on paper if it mattered. And, and so that process of, of, again, exegesis is your own mental wrestling with the text. If you do this, by the time you get done reading Nietzsche, you'll have a stack of cards. The stack of cards will represent the essay of Nietzsche. And the great thing is, is there will be one card per section all of the essay written out in your own words. Now, if you're truly interested in understanding the work after you've gone through this process, you'll have a moment where you can uh, return to your cards. I would let them sit for a week or so. And then I would write an essay on 
uh, your understanding of that essay, right? Uh, your, your, your opinion of it. Because philosophy means nothing if you don't turn around and create your own opinion of it. At least that's my idea of philosophy. If all you do is simply gather the ideas of the greats and go, hmm, that was interesting. And then you put the book back and go, to, go back to work. That philosophy didn't serve you well. It didn't, it didn't do anything to elevate the conversation. That's the whole point of philosophy is to elevate the conversation, right? Our understanding of specific uh, uh, questions. Philosophy is always looking to answer a specific question. So you as a reader are every bit as worthy and have every much uh, of a right to add to that conversation as Nietzsche or Kant or uh, Hume or anybody, right? Just because their names are on the spines of philosophical works, that does not make them better than you. It just means they took time to write their thoughts down. And now it is your turn. Now it is your turn to add to the conversation. So once you get done reading an essay of Nietzsche, your job is not to just collect cards because, well, that's cool. I now have a whole bunch of cards and that makes you feel smarter. Uh, this is a problem I have with, with personal knowledge management systems is we just collect knowledge, right? These, these systems in Notion or Obsidian or wherever, we just collect and collect and collect and we don't actually ever use. The best way to use our knowledge is to write an essay. The essay elevates the conversation. So you can, so you can sort of see where this is going. Now, pretend with me, if you will, that in, uh, you know, you, it, maybe it takes you a week to read uh, the first essay of the genealogy of morals. I don't know. You then get your sack of cards, and a week later, you write an essay of that essay, right? But you 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 don't you don't write a research paper. Uh, I spoke about this, I think, in my previous episode. There's a difference between a research paper and an essay. A research paper is your uh, sort of regurgitation of what you found. Hey, I researched this topic. Here are the scientific ideas. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, here's my references. The end. An essay says. Here's what I studied, and here's my opinion of it. An essay is where you get to share your own idea. So take these cards once they're once you've read it, read through the ideas, uh, 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 your own ideas uh, on the card because they, they will have been in your your words now, and then sit back and and put pen to paper. Take an hour and commit your ideas to paper. Maybe you thought the essay was the essay was terrible. It, uh, tell us why. Maybe you thought it was profound and moving for whatever reason. Tell us why. Uh, and, and maybe you could maybe you could add to it and say, you know, for example, uh, Nietzsche said that uh, our value systems uh, were 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 not given to us by God. They were given to us as a way to separate the, the the classes of people. This is an idea that he promoted all of the time, which in the beginning he 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 believed that values were were used to sort of distinguish the noble people uh, from the common people, right? And the the people who were righteous and good, those were the nobles, and the people who were dirty and gross, those were the the commons, right? And 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 from there, our our value system began to grow and expand. This is his idea, whether you believe it or not, or I believe it or not, uh, that is not what this video is about. But you could take that idea as an example and now add your opinion to it. Do you think it's accurate? Do you think it's interesting? Do you think uh, uh, there is some some more context there? What have you seen in your own personal life to sort of expand on this decision? That is the value of an essay. And it is until you write down your thoughts in an essay that nothing will stick around. Because when you die, which that will come, your ideas will go with you. However, if you write them down as Hume or Kant or Nietzsche did, 
your essays will survive and you will live through those essays. And that is the power of writing, uh, writing your own thoughts down. I really hope that this, this concept helped you today uh, in terms of, of reading Nietzsche. Again, I think his format really lends itself well to this, this version of study, this idea of exegesis, because he wrote these uh, kind of really clumped up sections. He was so organized about essays and sections that allows us as the reader to consume them as such. Uh, and also because he wrote in aphorisms, which is very different, a very different form of, of writing philosophy than most other people uh, seemed to pursue. Now, if this episode meant anything to you or you found any value out of it at all, I could really use your help. I hate to, to beg shamelessly, but this is a new community here and I'm working my hardest to try and, and grow it. So if you find any value in this, please take a moment to uh, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, and also uh, subscribe to the podcast so that we can get this word out about uh, what's going on. And I want to thank you for being here. If this if this content is um, sort of speaking to you, you are my kind of people. Uh, you're the kind of person that likes to read, that likes to think, that likes to be with the authors on the shelf and really learn from them. I think there's value in that. So thanks for being a part of the Readwell community. Like I promised, these episodes will come out every Tuesday at two o'clock. So watch out for those and we'll see you next time. If you'd like to take your reading to the next level, then head on over to our website at thereadwellpodcast.com. There you can get access to my weekly newsletter as well as up-to-date show information. Also, don't forget that I learned software development on the side just so that I could build a program to help us make better book notes as we read. If you're interested, go to highlightish.com. Think of highlighting a book, but add ish, I-S-H, at the end. Highlightish.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you on the next show.